Welcome to Yacht College's TDO 17 Creative Cocktailing. I am your host, uh, Jeremiah O'Shan, the self-appointed dean of Yacht College, but I'll be taking a very secondary role today. Before we get started, though, I wanted to remind everyone of two things. If you like what you see, we've still got a bunch of courses lined up that you can join by visiting yachtcon.eventbrite.com. Most notably, we have supplies still available for our art class on Wednesday and next Friday's pizza making class. I should also note that we are doing this as a fundraiser for the Seattle Children's Autism Center. You can make a tax-deductible donation to them by giving by visiting give.seattlechildrens.org slash yachtcon. With all that said, I'll be making room for today's professor, Dr. Matt Powell of the doctor's office. Thank you, Dean. Appreciate the introduction. So I am Dr. Matthew Powell. I am an actual practicing doctor. I also happen to be a cocktail nerd who owns a bar called the doctor's office. Uh, so the running joke being that you could leave work a little bit early and say, uh, yeah, you got an appointment at the doctor's office and you know, <laughs> it, it will show up on your receipt as the doctor's office. So, you know, do with that what you will. Um, first of all, before we get started, for those of you who are following along at home, I want to remind you, you, we will need hot water very shortly. So if you have forgotten to put hot water on the boil, get your tea kettle going, whatever it is, um, be sure to do that. You'll need a couple of cups of hot water. So please get that going if you didn't start that already. Um, now, the doctor's office, as you can see behind me, world spirits. Uh, we've got whiskeys from all over the world, mezcals, rums from all over the world. We also do some very interesting cocktails. Ironically, the, the cocktails we're going to be doing tonight aren't ones that we do here normally. We made them special just for YachtCon. We don't use juice here at the bar. Uh, and two out of the three cocktails we do tonight are going to be juice-based cocktails. So we're gonna get a little creative with that. We're gonna teach you a framework of how to make cocktails, how to play with creating your own cocktails at home uh, and enjoy a couple of special YachtCon specific cocktails. So one thing I've learned from going to many drink conferences, uh, booze related events, seminars is don't talk too much before you get people drinking. So let's get started making the first ingredient for our first two drinks. Well, let's let's before we do that, we should probably bring in our celebrity how student. In, how we bring in a student? Bring in a student. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey guys, uh, I this is one my screen. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. you can. Hey, see maybe we're screen. talking too much. Maybe we should get down to it, huh? I, I know. Well, <laughs> let me let me give Will his introduction because yes, please. I I wrote a good introduction and I want to I want to make sure to to give it to him. Okay. Uh, you. Will, you may recognize from his uh, most notable achievement, which is hosting the podcast Bear With Us. Uh, Co-host with you. Well, you know, we, sure, we'll call it that. My back and, hurts from carrying it, but that's all right. <laughs> but you you may also know him as a soccer player. Uh, his 71 goals in MLS regular season play ranked 32nd all time, and he's actually got just one fewer than Clint Dempsey, which I'm assuming he will pass shortly uh, this year. Uh, 21 of those goals have come during his four seasons with the Sounders. And even though he only scored two last year, they were both highly memorable. The first one was a last-minute equalizer against the Portland Timbers, and the other helped the Sounders overcome a 2-0 de deficit to beat Minnesota United 3-2 in the Western Conference Finals and send them to MLS Cup. Uh, so, welcome to Yacht College. Uh, you guys ready to make uh, some drinks? Let's do it. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I can see him on this side of my screen. And I forgot yeah, that's to okay. on this part of the screen. So welcome, Will. 
Thank you for no inviting us into your kitchen, into your home. I'm a student. Yeah, we're um, in the kitchen right now, so we'll see yeah. how this goes. Well, I, I've, I've seen some of your equipment, and I'm sure it is uh, up to the challenge. So um, the first thing, like I said, we're going to get started with making a syrup. So the very, very basics a syrup, you'll hear people mention a simple syrup, a two-to-one simple syrup. Simple syrup is just equal parts water and sugar. So you don't have to buy simple syrup ever in a store. It's literally equal parts sugar and water. You can use any type of sugar. You can get two-to-one, so two parts sugar, one part water. But what we're going to do is make a ginger simple syrup with some peppercorn for an extra little bit of heat. So that way, when you're adding your syrup, you're actually adding some flavor as well as just sweetness, Okay. So what you're going to do, you've got ginger. Everyone should have some ginger in their spice kits. All right. And what we're going to do is take equal parts ginger with sugar and water by volume. So this is where high school chemistry comes into play. We're going to use water displacement. All right. This is like the only thing I remember from high school chemistry. So I'm going to fill up a little thing with water. I'm going to add the ginger and see how much higher that water level went. All right, now I know the volume of the ginger. Does that make sense, Will? Uh, kind of. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So take a jar, fill it with some water, see where that level is, drop the ginger in, how much did it rise, okay? So you got maybe half inch of water in your glass or so of rise. Now I'm gonna pour that water off and throw the ginger in my blender. Yep. Getting get the blender, Cuisinart, food processor, whatever. Yeah. All right. You had a pinch of, uh, of black peppercorns you're gonna throw in. All the peppercorns that are in the... Yeah, all, all the ones in your kit. You feel free to salt bathe them if you wish. <laughs> I like to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes for less sweeping afterward if you don't. Yes. You just actually yes. put them in. All right. Now what you're going to do is go back to whatever heat-safe vessel you want. So do you remember that level that you had of water before? You're going to take that level of honey. See, if you had, if it was, if the water raised half an inch when you added the ginger, you're gonna want a half inch of honey. So start with an empty glass and add however much honey there, that water raised by. If you don't have honey, you can use sugar. Good thing I'm in the kitchen. Grab some honey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not everyone has a fully equipped bar handy. So yeah, cooking in the kitchen, making your cocktails in the kitchen simplifies life. So the same amount of water from earlier? So however much water raised before. So if it raised a half inch when you did the ginger, gotcha. you're going to want a half inch of honey. And then you're going to add that same amount of hot water. So now you have equal parts honey, equal parts water. Excellent. Give that a little stir. Get that honey all dissolved. 
Oh, it sounds like a bar. Perfect. <laughs> that means you're doing it right. All right. Now pour that into your blender that already has the ginger and peppercorns. So, Will, have you ever uh, done this level of of mixing before of anything? Nope. You, you guys already got me. Already got me doing the most I've ever done. That's that's perfect. Yeah. That's, I just right. like the, uh, the the Yakon beer, you know? Exactly. Those are easy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got all that in the blender. I'm going to put myself on mute because this blender sounds like an airplane taking off. And just give it a good blend. Yeah, this is this is an advanced course I'm I'm realizing, which is good because we need some uh, advanced courses in here. And yeah, yeah. Say, this is my first time using the mixer. So. Yes, that's what we want to see live demo. Yep. So uh, there are some questions out there, Matt, that you can answer us after you're done. Uh oh. Uh, uh oh. Maybe the wife in here. There you go. If you don't have a blender, Matt, what do you what like? Is there a way to to like bootstrap this without a blender? Um, I mean, you can pop your ginger up really, really well. Sorry, I'll mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and steep the ginger for a while in that honey water mixture, but it's mm -hmm. going to take a while, and you're going to have to have chopped it up really well. Um, this between the heat and the blending action, it really pulls out that flavor much more quickly. So there are okay. no ways to do flavored syrups with steeping and things like that. But frankly, it just takes forever for our purposes. So, all right, y'all blend it up. I think so. Excellent. I'm just relieved that Will was able to figure out how to get the blender to work. I know. I was getting a little nervous there for a second. I was like, what a way to start it. Oh, it smells good. Right? It smells really good. And then just take a fine mesh strainer of some sort and some container okay. to strain yeah. into. Root around in the kitchen, find something. Yep. yep. That's exactly what I'm doing. Perfect. And then you're just going to... Pour that goopy mess through that strainer. I know we have strainers. So you said you you don't do this drink specifically at the bar, but would do you do any blended drink like anything that involves blend like this level of prep? Now, now we would make potentially a syrup like this on our own if we wanted to, but we're not running a blender. This is a those of you who picked up your kits have seen this is a small case, and so. Yeah. Not sure if I made enough. Uh, I think you did. I'm sure okay. you did. Okay. So then once you've kind of put it in the strainer, use your spoon to just kind of smush the liquid, extra liquid out of the with a with a very technical smooth motion. Smells really good. Yeah. Cruising. Excellent. Thoroughly smushed? Thoroughly smushed. Excellent. 
So this syrup, because it's hot, you can throw it in the fridge right now to chill down because our second cocktail is going to be a cold cocktail. It's not going to cool off that much by the time we pull it out to use for our first cocktail. But we do want it a little bit cooler by the time of the second one so it doesn't just heat that up. Um, so you can go ahead and throw that in the fridge. Before you do that, go ahead and take a little sip of it. And I'm just going to sip straight from the container because, well, I'm not serving this to anyone else. It's pretty good. Right? Big ginger flavor, a little bit of yeah. extra peppery heat, a little bit of sweetness in there, but the sweetness doesn't overpower. For all the honey you used, it's not too sweet, right? Yeah. So it is supposed to have a heavy ginger flavor. Make sure I get my ratios right. Exactly. Yeah. It should be a big, big ginger flavor up front with kind of a sweetness in behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're going for on this because we're going to do longer drinks. It's going to space these flavors out. Yeah. So then I can put this in the fridge now and let it cool yeah. down. Yep. Yep. Get, get that cooling down. So, Will, I'm guessing this is exactly the style of drink that you made the first time you ever mixed a drink, right? Yes. The exact it, it's style. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked what, it out. So are you a cocktail guy, though? Are you someone who would go, like, if you go to a, a, a nice dinner and you have to wait at the bar, are you going to are you gonna order a cocktail? Are you going to order uh, a whiskey? What do you, what's your go-to I'm, drink? I'm probably an old-fashioned guy. Okay. I like oh, a are, good old-fashioned. Huh? Good thing we're making one of those. Later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll get to that one. But um, I think it just depends. You know, I definitely like a good cocktail, but yeah. my wife is probably better about um, being more into the cocktails and stuff. Does she have a go-to cocktail that she'll order? Um, I think pretty much anything with like mint and basil, and that's kind of like summery. So oh, okay. there's there's um, a cocktail that she really likes at Percy's and Ballard. It's called the Awaken One. So I think it has, yeah, it has, it has basil, mint, and I think a vodka in it. Cilantro. Well, so, so this is one thing, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but this syrup, you know, we use ginger for it. You could take this same concept and take a fistful of basil, fistful of mint, fistful of whatever herbs you wanted, and do this exact same thing with that, strain it out. And now you have syrup cheat codes. So any gingery drink, yeah. this is good for that. Um, Perfect, any, yeah herbal sort of thing. So you could take, you know, whether it was a gin drink or vodka, you could then take uh-huh. that syrup and do these same ratios that we're doing, make this exact oh, same drink, but change the spirit, change the herbal content, and, yeah. you know, be like, hey, babe, I made this drink for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I made just for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Matt, how did you how did you get into, into cocktailing? Is that what you call it? Is that the right yeah. term? Yeah. Um, so it's actually, a, it's kind of an interesting story in that I, so I used to be in the military, they paid for my medical school and they came collecting and they said, you're going to move from just outside Napa to Arkansas. And I said, ha ha ha. And they said, ha ha ha. And I moved to Arkansas. Um, <laughs> and I realized that I had just started getting like used to drinking some good cocktails out of bars. I was like, man, this is like really interesting stuff. And I said, anything that I can't find there, I'm going to learn to do myself. And I looked around and tried to find out. You could get an unironic PBR, but God help you if you wanted a proper old fashioned. And so I started learning to make cocktails just because I had gotten used to them and couldn't get them. So my 
birthday gift to myself for my 31st birthday was um, the ingredients to make 31 different classic cocktails over the next 31 days. And I called it 31 in 31 for 31. And by the end of that month of, you know, just researching online cocktail books, all that kind of thing, I had a decent foundation, but that was 10 years ago. And then I started going to cocktail conferences and nerding out with bartenders and, hey, what is that? Hey, what did you do there? And being that guy. And next thing you know, I own a bar. So, yeah. That's bada bing, bada boom. It worked out, yeah. Could could be worse. Uh, So the next thing we'll do is we're going to make some tea. And this is literally just making tea. So you take your tea bag. Put it in a thing and add hot water for those of you who haven't made tea before. <laughs> now, the kicker with this is because we're going to use this tea as a lengthener for the cocktail, we don't want the tea to overpower the drink, right? We don't want it to just taste like we're sucking on a tea bag. So we're going to make it a little bit on the weaker side than what you would normally drink if you were just drinking the cup of tea. Okay. So we're only going to steep it for maybe two minutes or so. How much water do you think? Uh, I mean, I did six and change ounces, which okay. is plenty. And that's like a 10 or 12 ounce mug he's got there probably. Yeah. Something like that's a- that. That's a that's a big co- that's a that's a morning coffee mug right there. That's a yeah uh, yeah guzzled down like uh, three of these before training. You know yeah yeah. So Get one thing that I will, mention, I, I will mention this to folks we're we're talking about making the tea right now. The drink that we're going to make and this is true for the second drink as well. You do not have to lengthen it, and that's kind of one nice thing from a framework standpoint. Is if you're coming up with your own cocktails, if you're making a long drink, so something that you add, you know six, eight ounces of some liquid to. It's good to have a base that actually stands up on its own before you add whatever that other flavor element is that lengthens it, right? So before we add the beer, before we add the tea, you actually want something that tastes good on its own. So if for whatever reason you don't want tea in your drink or you don't drink beer for a second drink, you can take this same cocktail and shake it over ice and drink that as a, as a drink on its own. So just as a caveat moving forward, you don't have to do this step if you want just a sipper. Uh, but we want this nice long drink. We can sit back with a refreshing mug, ah, right? So I'm coming up on just shy of two minutes here for my tea. So I'm about to pull my tea bag. Uh, I got a okay. few more seconds there. Um, hey, in the meantime, I have a question for Jeremiah. Um, over the course of the pandemic, you've spent, I'm sure, more time at home than normally, um, than, than probably any other year in your adult life. Um, have you learned in the past year that the correct way to roll your toilet paper is over rather than under? Oh, oh man. Yeah. You know what? After I got to tell you the last time after that discussion, I realized there are two types of people. Yes. There are people who put it over the top and people who don't pay attention to it. Yeah. It's like there's deal. no if you pay any sort of attention to it, you're putting it over the top. Like I yeah. really, no one yeah. is. I don't think anyone is out there under. Like that's just not the. Yeah. Either you pay attention or you don't. Yeah, I'm pulling my teeth right now. By, by the way, just but yeah, I, I I listened to your old podcast and and it just it made me sad. For it you. Killed you. you no, know, yeah. yeah, it's that, like it's, God it's, every time. It's kind of scary. Day, 
maybe even multiple times a day, this guy is yeah. like reaching under the toilet paper. And That's fishing. what I'm saying. He's... It's no way to live. <laughs> it's no way to live, Jeremiah. It isn't. And you know, if you Jeremiah. go to the public, if you go to the public bathrooms, that's what, you know, in uh, something you learn when you have kids, because you end up in a lot of public yeah. bathrooms with kids. Even they do it over the top and they got the silver thing that makes it easier to rip. Like <laughs> that should be, you know, that should, that should tell you what kind of yeah. monster are you doing it under. I know. You're right. You're right. So I am curious. This is a question for the people at home. I want to know how, you, like, if you're keeping up with this, like I, I'm in my fancy podcasting studio so i'm gonna be honest i'm not i i don't i have i have tea here but i don't i'm not keeping up are people keeping up with this are they uh falling behind i want to know how the average i'm impressed that will is keeping up frankly this is well you know i'm ready to go the kids are down i I think i don't hear any more crying so i think we're smooth sailing there oh man look at that before seven thirty, I don't know what your normal bedtime yeah. for these kids is, but I don't so, think we've ever had in my life had my kids down at seven. This is another thing you're missing out on, then you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. So we Cohen goes down like between seven to seven thirty tonight. We put him down a little earlier. Liam's usually around seven thirty, seven forty-five, but he's downstairs, so we got you know we can make some noise up here. Nice. Nice. Well, that's uh, that's, that's good stuff. That is yeah. good stuff. Well, we've got our ingredients, right? We've we've made our syrup, we've made our tea, and the rest is just going to be adding booze and juice and putting it all together. All right. So the first drink that we're going to make now that we have these ingredients uh, is a hot rum punch, and we're trying to think of what an appropriate name would be for the hot rum punch, and someone said. You know who has hot takes that make you just want to punch them in the face? And I thought, Alexi. I'm not going to say which Alexi. I'm just going to say Alexi. And so we named this the Shut Up Alexi uh, because, God, a hot rum punch just. This one's going to be great. Right right drink. So what you're going to do, we're going to take half of a lime. So cut your lime in half. Now, I'm going to use this kind of a juicer. Not everyone has this at home. Use whatever you have. That's fine. One pro tip that sometimes people mess up when they use these juicers is they see this curved bit at the bottom. And they think, well, that's a curved half of a lime. It should go in the curved bit. That's actually backwards. So if you put it flat side down where the juice is going to come out, you want it flat side down, you're going to get more juice for your squeeze. So I'm going to squeeze half a lime into my container. Man, I wasn't expecting all these cups. Well, that's, that's what the kitchen's for. No, I know. That's why I'm very happy I did it in here. Dude, it, I got to tell you, Will, if you had done this in your basement or something, yeah, I would have felt very huh? I would have felt very bad because I don't remember telling you to be in your kitchen, but maybe someone else did. So no, very... I, I think you specifically said you don't have to do it in your kitchen. <laughs> I don't. I think that's a. I don't think that's true. Oh, I, uh, maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. <laughs> well, when you said yesterday you were going to be in your kitchen, I I didn't worry about going yeah. through like the right. number of cups you would need because I'm like, well, well, that was I very. Figured, yeah. yeah, that was very yeah. smart of you. You did the homework. I did not do the yeah. homework. 
Well, you're the dean. You're the dean. Have... Come on. Right, exactly. I don't he do set that himself anymore. up for that, yeah. yeah so no. are we only doing half a line? Or both? Yeah, so half a line for this. All right. And go ahead and grab that syrup that you had earlier. And you're just going to do about a half ounce of that. Half ounce, same as a tablespoon. So if you don't have a thing that measures ounces easily, like a jigger, if you're not standing in a bar, you just grab a tablespoon. It's the same as a half ounce. Look at this. We're cruising. So the first ingredient that we're going to grab, so those of you who have the kits, you have two bottles in your kit that are the same size in one tiny little bottle. The two bottles in your kit are these two rums here, Mount Gay Eclipse and St. Benevolent's Clearing. We'll talk a little bit about those once we have our drink made, uh, but we should finish making our drink before we start talking too much more. One thing that I do encourage people to do, especially if you're not familiar with an ingredient, is give it a little sip on its own. See so what it actually which, tastes like. Which one is which? So the one with the green dot is your Clarin, the St. Benevolence Clarin. The other one is the Mount Gay. You're going to add the whole bottle of each. So just take a little nip off each to see what they actually taste like on their own. Familiarize yourself with that ingredient. And when you do this, what's going to happen is now you're going to recognize when you actually make the drink, <laughs> oh, that, that flavor is what's <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's what I said. I was like, oh, just yeah. you know, just a little sip. It's not a big. Oh, oh yeah, that's that gets you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, and it's real got thing. it's got uh it's got like levels to it. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it's, it's still going. It's like still. Yeah, it's got like some smoke in there. I want to say. Which which one was that? The clarin? The green. Yeah. Yeah. So so that is the reason we have that is because it is so goddamn flavorful. Yeah, that's right? not you don't get you. Just flat one note. That has so much happening in it that it that's really a rum. makes a yeah. Wow. Talk later about why that's such an interesting rum. I did. I I would have not. I would have not got rum out of that. That's. Uh, yeah. I like that. Okay. It's fun stuff. So one ounce of that, or your whole bottle, if you have the bottles. So this and whole then, thing in there. Yep, the whole thing. And then one one ounce of the Mount Gay is the other one. Dare I give this one a little sip? Uh, yes. That one's, yeah, that one's, if you can handle the other one, you're not going to have any issue with this. Yeah. I'm like an animal here. I'm actually going to cut up some ginger and throw it in there. Yeah, you oh do. Gosh. Who cuts like an up animal. ginger? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. And that last tiny little bottle that you have is this stuff called St. Elizabeth's Allspice Drain. So it's got an allspice flavor to it. Just one milliliter of that. So just a few dashes, uh, just a tiny little dropper full. That's all Ooh. you need. So far, it's looking like I want to go to the beach or something, you know? Man. Yeah. So if you don't happen to have St. Elizabeth's Allspice Dram sitting at home, because why would you? Um, you can use actual Allspice. Um, it's It just doesn't mix as well. So for mixing drinks, it's not going to blend as easily and have as, as consistent of a flavor. All right, so you've got those. Give them a shake. Those ingredients, shake them together. Gotta use my kitty cup shaker. Perfect. See, that's pro. Yeah, I think that that right there, 
we got to market you know, that. You work with what you got. Yeah, I think that's that's a, that's like a marketing thing, though. You you can you wow, can it actually kind of works. Of course, it I'm does. too I'm too scared to like do it like this because yeah, 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 exactly. Enough well, said. we were wondering, actually, uh, I think Lickit was wondering uh, uh, if yeah. you what's Lickit up to. Well, he's watching this apparently, ah, and Lickit, hi. And he wanted to know if if you do the co- like, do you do the cocktail? Like, have you ever? Yeah, with the mixer. But yeah. We, I couldn't find it, so oh. normally I do, but this why with this one I was too scared because with my luck it would just explode everywhere and babies would start crying and you know the whole. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been good for the for the uh, clip show though. Yeah. yeah, it would have been great for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean we have fancy shakers that you can use, but I'm just using a mason jar for the, our purposes today, so you don't have to be fancy with it. All right. So pour that stuff out of your shaker into whatever you plan on drinking it out of. Well, well, just drink it out of I should also note that Will, had, if Brian's watching, Will actually we gave Hi, him we gave him alcohol free versions of everything. Yeah, I got the mocktail versions. Yeah, so it's uh, so don't worry, uh, yeah, Brian. Be, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, and then take your tea, and I'm gonna add maybe half of this, so maybe half four ounces. Yeah, you can do four, six, eight ounces, kind of whatever you want. How strong do you want the drink to be, right? So you could even do one or two ounces if you just wanted to do that and then kind of keep adding it and tasting it. I've played with this before. One or two trips. Yeah, exactly. However you want. Yeah. And then... Are we going to need any more tea if we don't use it all? Nope. No more tea. That's it. Set it aside. Drink it later, whatever. And now we got ourselves. Shut up, Alexi. Alexi, shut up. What do you wow. think? That definitely cut through the uh, the first rum that I tasted. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah. Very good. So now that we've got a a tasty little beverage to sit back, I'm going to put my nerd glasses on. We're going to drop a little bit of punch history while we sip our drinks. All right, so, so so is this technically a punch? Yeah, so this is a punch. Um, so and it's very fitting for YachtCon because the first English use of the word punch we know is from September 28, 1632. One sailor wrote a letter to another sailor wishing him good luck on his trip, that he gets along well with the captain, and that they get to drink a lot of punch together. That's literally the first English use we know of is one sailor to another saying, hope you get to drink a bunch of punch. Um, that's 166 years before the word cocktail is first used in the English language. Um, so punch is defined by five things. Spirit, it's the rum. Citrus, the lime. Sugar, that's from our honey. Water and spice. So it couldn't really exist as a category before the 1600s in Western society because that's when the trade routes really opened up that connected where all the spices were being grown in Indonesia they could be brought back in bulk as opposed to just trading them through India. But it was actually known as an Indian drink in 1658. Um, and punch houses were cropping up all along the coast in India. And so they predominantly served the English and Dutch. They weren't serving local Indians for the most part. That wasn't their clientele. That wasn't to the local tastes. But all these sailors liked it. And so punch historians tried to kind of figure out how this happened. And... It starts with sailors because they had their daily taught their rum ration 
and they would cut their rum ration so it wasn't just a shot with water. And they called it grog. Okay. So now you have spirits and water. You have two of the five ingredients for punch, and this is what sailors are drinking anyway, right? And we all know about citrus and scurvy, right? That was a thing that circumvented. In fact, 1617, the chief medical officer of the Dutch East India Company prescribed sailors to take two to three spoonfuls of citrus juice every morning. His actual prescription, though, was to add a spoonful of spirits to that citrus juice so it was better for the stomach. So he's recommending the sailors start their day with a few teaspoons, a few, few spoonfuls of citrus juice, and a little booze. Well, it's uh, the doctor's orders. Exactly. Yeah. Chief no. medical officer of the Dutch East India exactly. Company in 1617. We are, we are stepping into the river of history here yeah. with this. So I mean, who are we? Who are we to argue with the doctor? I, well, <laughs> you're free to argue with me all you want. <laughs> it's medicine. It yeah, is I'm, medicine. It is. That's what I'm saying. It's literally it's medicine. medicine. It's, uh, yeah. So what, hours. what so how many drinks is this? If you're if like uh if I'm if I'm out there I'm drinking this uh on the on the on the deck of my favorite uh socially distanced bar right yacht. now. How my yacht. How many like you know, I'm keeping track in my mind of how many drinks I've had yeah. tonight. How, what no how many am I on when I've finished this? Um one, one and a half. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, because like a drink is one shot, right? Yeah, technically, yes. But but so a shot being an ounce and a half of forty percent alcohol. Okay. Right, but and we've got two ounces, and it's a little more than forty percent. Oh, so it's not too crazy. Yeah, it's not okay. Okay. Yeah. Depends on how much tea you put in there. Right. (laughs) Right. That's pretty good. I I didn't do the full mix of it, but even with the level I did, I got to tell you, uh, I liked it. And the reviews so far in the chat are extremely good. Lots, lots of uh, lots of people saying they like what they're drinking. So this is obviously a single serving punch, right? People think of punch and you think of like big punch bowls, right? That's normally yeah. what we do. So a single serving punch is using those same five ingredients, those same five concepts and putting that in one glass together, right? So... You could take this same thing and scale it up to, all right, a bottle of this booze and a bottle of that booze and ounces of this and make a big bucket of tea and make the same thing. And you're, you're where you're at. So, you know, so, so sailors start spreading this stuff, right? So the sailors are like, Hey, I'm drinking grog already. I'm already doing citrus juice. And they land on the shores of India where people are drinking tea and having spiced drinks. Well, you put your hands together Next thing you know, you've got punch, right? So these punch houses start cropping up. Well, then sailors take what they've learned. They bring that to other places. Um, 1650s, we see it documented in Barbados, people drinking punch. Uh, 1670s, it's showing up on bar tabs in the colonies. Uh, And by the late 1700s, clubs and uh, social societies have their own proprietary and secret punch. Um, So um, I I feel like it's an, an appropriate time to, to recognize that, you know, this punch is for those people who are in Brian Spencer's circle of trust. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't want to betray his trust in any way. And in fact, I think those of us who are in the circle of trust can really add to that by bringing new secrets and new, new special information. So wow. this punch recipe is for the circle of trust, which is a, a safe space that we're in right now. 
What I liked is that it was a reference to the first episode, the first uh, opening part of Yacht Yacht College, which I don't know if Will got that reference, but he probably has. They probably talk about the circle of trust in in the in the in in the locker room too, right? I'm guessing. Maybe not. Yeah. 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 Maybe not. It's just like an assumed. It's an assumed circle of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more like if you break that trust, you're. It's like meet the parents. You know, you're in the circle of trust. Absolutely. Uh, so I, Matt, there's, I gotta, I gotta relay this. I think there's a few people that feel like we jumped ahead a little bit. They want to know the origin of rum. Like why, why is rum on all these ships? Yeah. So, so rum, let's talk about these ingredients a little bit. Um, I was, I was going to have Will give away some, some stuff first, but okay, we'll draw okay, a well, no, no, That's fine. That's fine. Um, so, you got another outfit. So, well, so so this is this Barbados rum is what we picked. So rum is anything that starts with sugarcane that gets fermented that gets distilled. So if you take straight sugarcane juice, ferment it with wild yeasts, and distill that in little pot stills in Haiti, you have what's called clarin. So that's partly why this has such a punch to it. Um, pardon the the phrase, but had that kick, had all those layers of flavor. Because this was starting with fresh juice. Literally, they press the cane and right then that juice that comes out. And they just use the wild natural yeasts and these little stills. And so crazy flavors develop, lots of complexity to it. Most rum that people know of is based on molasses, right? So you cook the sugar cane juice down until you get molasses. And then you ferment that molasses. And then you distill that. And that's rum. So rum is anything related to the sugarcane, and it's made all over the world. It's, it's, I think, the most diverse spirit in general. The reason I picked this particular Barbados rum to offset and kind of complement the other rum is this has, most rums you get are these giant industrial column stills that basically make vodka, and they add some caramel color flavoring, and there's not much to differentiate one to the other. And most of what you're tasting is actually artificial additives. Um, one nice thing, Mount Gay is one of the few that actually uses uh, a pot still as well as the column stills. Uh, and those pot stills are kind of what you picture when you picture a distillery, right? That big kind of round thing, the bit that comes up, the bit that comes over, right? That's a pot still. So they use some of that and that inherently has more flavor to it. You're not distilling to vodka levels of clarity and distilling off all the flavors. You leave more of the original flavors in there. So this is a blend of pot and column still. Um, so there's just more going on with that rum and leads to a more flavorful drink in my mind. Um, sipping rums tend to be pot still. Um, you're not sipping, you know, well, Captain Morgan, I hope you're not. I mean, whatever, do, do what you want. But, you know. um, but yeah, so that, that's rum. That's nice good. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's give some stuff away. Uh, Will, you got those raffle tickets? I do, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's grab one of those, and and okay. someone is going to get a twenty five dollar gift certificate uh, to this here bar. How about this one? You want me to read off the numbers, or just put it up? Yeah, just what what are the last two numbers? Five three. Five three. Someone at home can jump in the chat and say it was them, but I did write down everyone's number so we can see who the lucky winner was. Eric Yates. 
Eric Yates. Congratulations, Eric Yates. $5 gift certificate to this bar. There you go, Eric. That's how I clap. Yeah. Now you just have to wait till we reopen, but. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully in a couple months. Yep. Well, I'm going to keep sipping this beverage. Jeremiah, did you have some uh, Ask Will Bruin questions? Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. We totally got some Ask Will Bruin questions here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Give me one second and I'll bring them up. You caught me a little off guard. But w this is like one of my favorite bits from Bear With Us. And I'm so glad to bring it back because we haven't had a chance to do a lot of these. So this is an anonymous question. But they said, as a proud aunt, I want to... They maybe gave away the... It was unnecessary there. But uh, as a proud aunt, I wanted to get my nieces and nephews birthday gifts that make me their favorite aunt. While simultaneously pissing off my sister, why are oh. some what are some fun gift suggestions? So, like, yeah, give us your give us your your best uh, gift suggestions for a infant to nine years old. That's the infant, that's the range here. Infant to nine? Yeah, that's a big range. But that's what do you a got? Big range, yeah. Um, we'll start with infants. Probably just a teether. I don't know, <laughs> or like uh, something that lights up. And then mid range, probably like. You know, we recently got it was our oldest son's birthday, his second birthday. We Ooh, got him. We, uh, go. we got him like an electric car. Maybe it's a little early for him, but we can control it with the remote too, and he can also drive it, so we can oh make sure he doesn't crash it. But um, that would be a good one too. That's a, that is would, a good they one. Would love that one. Yeah. Electric uh, a, a electric car definitely. I a call good it one. an EV. <laughs> What's the, how long does that take to charge up? Oh. Uh, so we've only been able to take it out once or twice because of the weather. Um, but it probably went a good 30 minutes, and then we just put it on the charger so it didn't die. But you can't be doing hills and stuff, and you guys pretty what, much got to be on flat ground. What did the uh, fellow neighbors think of that thing when they were plowing them off the off the side? Everybody, everybody liked it. They were laughing and waving and pointing. And then I said, once he gets a little more comfortable, we'll start cutting people off and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. got a horn and stuff on it too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Nice, very nice. So, if she wants to be, uh, you know, the favorite aunt, that could be that could be a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. I always think of favorite aunt. The perfect favorite aunt gift to me is one that the kids love and the parents hate. Yeah. So anything with like loud noises or well, uh, that's what I'm saying. What. When Liam first got it, we took it outside that morning. Right. And then when it was time to come in and, you know, be done with it, temper tantrum number one started. So, yeah. So that uh, he, he loves it, but. Yeah. How, how's good, Liam with transitions? Good if you have to be there. Yeah. Huh? How's Liam with transitions? Uh, he's good. Once you get through the the uh, temper tantrum part, it's, it's good. <laughs> good. Got a good start. Yeah. We want to do another one, or you want to get going with it? You well, want to get going? Second cocktail, and okay. uh, we'll have plenty of time to yeah do that. Nothing um, but time. Yeah. I, well, I I hate to to surprise you with this, well, but we've got a a call in from Jess Fishlock for a rematch on trivia. I'm oh just yeah, kidding. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you see how I perked up there? Have you like, like oh. your chest? Huh. Here we go. Redemption. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, no dice. Um, all right, so the second cocktail, it's a beer cocktail. We're going to use that same ginger syrup, half a lime, 
and a bunch of booze. All right. So just like before, half ounce of that ginger syrup. Now, one note about this syrup is, is whatever you have left over, it will settle out. There's a bunch of particulate in there that doesn't come out through the strainer. So if you wanted to do this and be real, real fancy, you make it well in advance and let it all settle out, or you can run it through a coffee filter or whatever. We're not going to be that fancy tonight. So what's a, what's a good type of cup for this one? Um, well, like we're going to be shaking again. We're going to be shaking again. And then this is going to go in a, a longer glass, a tall glass. Okay. Okay. So something you would drink a beer out of perhaps. Gotcha. I got that. All right. So half ounce of ginger syrup. Half a lime, again, flat side down. Excellent. I got to tell you, my sister is trolling me in the comments, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> She's threatening to get my kids a drum set. Thanks. Oh, that'd be a great one. Yeah. Nice. Make yeah. sure it's Thanks, extra anonymous. Loud. Thanks, anonymous question asker, for uh, <laughs> suggesting uh, wonderful basically, gifts. Basically, yeah. Basically, anything that's super loud and you don't have to be there. Right. That's great. Perfect. So, the booze for this next one, again, we've got the same syrup. Same lime. We're using two different tequilas. They're both Fortaleza, or what are in the kits. One's a silver, one's a reposado. Okay? Um, so the one with the green dot on it is the silver. And again, I recommend, these are sipping quality tequilas, by the way. Um, so those of you who got kits, we, we didn't put cheap-ass tequila in there. Like, this is good sipping tequila and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit but give them a sip just like before so you kind of know what that ingredient actually tastes like um good thing you told jeremiah it was supposed to be sipping tequila because he probably would have been like oh, oh, it's, yeah. oh, oh it's so bad <laughs> so reposado is something that's been aged two to twelve months so silver less than that reposado rested two to twelve months all right so we're gonna this add an an ounce of each of those. Into the mixing cups. Into the mixing cups, yeah. I, I think this is definitely the uh, episode of Yacht College in which I will get easily the most... Uh, roasted. Roasted. Yes. Yeah. You didn't have to. Did you think it would be different? No. I, I guess I set myself up for this from the from the very beginning. Fair. Maybe maybe it was you that asked the anonymous question. And then yeah. in, in I, your I can't comment on that. <laughs> or it was your sister who was like, What should yes. I get him anonymously? Right. And then, yeah. She tricked me into asking the question. Exactly. Like She's like Loki. <laughs> Bamboozled. Um, the last ingredient and, and the tiny little glass that you've got, the tiny little bottle in the kits, uh, this is an, it's called Ancho Reyes. It's an Ancho Chili liqueur. That's got wow, the, as good as it is 
made from a whole bunch of dried ancho chiles. So we're just going to, again, you just want a, a little bit of it, one milliliter, just that one little. What do you think? I see, I see your hand and taste. It's over. Will? Huh? So I'm letting Caitlin try the first cocktail. I know. I want to know what she thinks. Yeah, no, she liked it. Why don't you tell him? It's yeah, come on over, Caitlin. Hear you. She said it's strong. Ooh, I'm sure you can hear right. her. Yeah. yeah. I, I only put a little bit of tea in it, though. So uh, I was trying to talk Caitlin into coming on, coming and being in this. Jeremiah was trying to talk you into coming and being in it. And I just messaged him on Instagram. She said she just messaged you. I don't need to translate. She's right there. <laughs> I heard. I've got well, headphones in, you know? Yeah. No, I get I get you. All right. So we got all that in the shaker. Let's give it a shake. Sippy cups. Yeah. Sippy cup shake. I, I did bring, a, I did bring a, a shaker, actually. Excellent. Perfect. Now, <laughs> oh, pardon me, Jeremiah. Yeah, right? See, I, got, I did bring one thing that I could drink. Now, if we weren't drinking these drinks, we would shake this over ice. That ice is going to melt a little bit. It's going to add a little dilution. So, if you're if you were doing just a smaller size cocktail, you you definitely want that dilution uh, that would come with the ice. Uh, oh. We're not doing that because we're about to make it a whole lot longer. So, we'll grab the beer. So, no ice. Well, not, not I mean, not in the shaker. Yeah. I already blew that. Yeah, you were like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's totally fine if you want to. That's not the end of the world. Um, I'm going to grab some giant ice here. Now you can put ice in the glass for this drink or not. I actually prefer ice in it. Um, I was going to say yeah, I think I'm going to do a little bit. Yeah, I would normally not put ice in beer, but for the for cocktail purposes, it keeps it cold. Well, I did not have my beer in the fridge, which was a rookie mistake on my part. Okay. Well, I mean, you could drink some beer. That's nice. So here, here at our bar, we have like we have a giant ice cube maker that makes literally ice cubes. Oh my god, that's big. a big ice cube. So this is this yeah, is huge. This is a tiny piece of one of our giant ice cubes. Um, and I guess you I use think that was a Jeremiah shaker. <laughs> All right. So oh, this pour is out nice. Of your cups. Oh, this is nice. Pour out of your sippy cups into your drinking vessel. I'm drinking out of this shaker. I hope that's uh, allowed. Uh, an acceptable life decision. It's not allowed. We're using a Mexican beer here, Modelo Especial. Man, this is really good. I'm enjoying this a lot. I'm making this. Excellent. Good. Mm -hmm. And then... Wow, that's good. I like to give it just a real gentle stir because it probably mixed up a little bit by pouring the beer in, but but I also don't want to like froth it up giant. So that's a nice summer crushable, refreshing beverage. I can definitely get down with this one. This one's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is definitely a summer yeah. one. Exactly. Oh, man. That's a hot weather drink right there. Yeah. 
I, I like this. Yeah. I'm going to throw this recipe in the back pocket. As yeah. well you should. Yeah. Well, and let, so I'm going to put the nerd glasses back on for a minute here because we're going to talk agave. Um, so I mentioned these, this is a sipping tequila, but it's more than just the quality of the flavor. Um, agave is actually pretty unique when it comes to spirits. So tequila and mezcal. Most spirits you're using, you know, barley, corn, some sort of a grain, right? An annual crop. Agave takes 6, 10, 30. There's even one species that takes 55 years to mature before you can use it. So the tequila agave take about six years or so. Most commercially available tequilas, most things that you see on the shelf, your cheap tequilas, your well tequilas, um, they harvest. They, what they do is they basically strip entire hillsides of all agriculture other than the plants, harvest them very early or as early as sometimes two years, cook them in an autoclave, and then run them through a machine called the diffuser that strips all of the fermentable sugars out of it. It's a very commercialized process. So one of the impacts of that is they're harvesting before the agave are ripe. They don't end up sending up their seed stock. And bats in that area are actually the number one pollinator for other crops. And when they don't have the seed stock of the agave plants, then they can't, that they fly around to, they, aren't, and they don't end up pollinating the other crops in the area. So it actually impacts other farmers. Um, Fortaleza uh, lets their agave fully mature. And there are other brands that do this as well, certainly. Um, but I, I went down and I actually visited their distillery. They smash up their, they cook the agave in a, in a brick oven with steam instead of a giant autoclave. Uh, and then they smash it up with a big stone wheel uh, and then ferment it and then distill it. But they have what I love to call, and I love when places do this, intentional inefficiency. They could take a whole bunch of those processes and automate them, right? But they recognize that they're selling a product and we're going to pay however much we pay for it. This is an opportunity for them to invest in their community and give people jobs, right? So if you have a giant diffuser, the giant autoclave, right? It takes a guy to press a button and that's it, right? So most of the brands that you see it's a few people working there and they're basically doing the effective thing of strip mining all of the agriculture in the area and fucking over every other farmer in the area. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, Dean. Uh, but they, <laughs> yeah, they are, they are fucking over these other farmers and they hire very few people and they make massive profits as a result. So old Sousa tequila back in the day used to be made in the traditional way. Now they actually brag about their diffuser, about how efficient it is. Um, and then you watch the trucks unloading these unripe agave hearts, piñas. And then you visit Fortaleza, which is the grandson of uh, the original Sousa, uh, Guillermo Sousa. And you see this top right here. He could literally get this made, this cork made, you know, for pennies sent over from China out of plastic, right? Instead, they literally have someone taking a piece of uh, uh, plaster, gluing it, one person gluing it onto the top of the cork, another person shaving it down to the shape of this and another person painting it. And then another person um, firing them in the oven. So they have four people whose job it is just to make this and paying them a full-time wage. It's intentionally inefficient, right? He could be paying pennies on the dollar for plastic ones from China, 
but he recognized it's authentic. Exactly. He's like, I'm, this is part of my community. Why would I put everyone in my community out of a job? So what you're drinking is truly, truly handmade. And I've seen it. By they love. Um, and you can, that's why it's, it's absolutely a sipping tequila, but we're going to mix with it today because I don't believe in funding the people who do the shitty stuff. So, you know, well, on that's that going to be in your gift bag. Will. we'll make sure you get hey, I'll take it. I'm still uh, waiting on my gift bag, but anyways. <laughs> you got now, someone I see in the comments someone mentioned that this could potentially be good with Craft Casual. Yeah. Yeah. The official beer of Honestly, that's probably what I should I should have got one of those from my gift bag that you gave me. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, I think I my argument is that Craft Casual as much is better appreciated on its own because it's so perfect as its own crafty. Beer. Well, and, and I would actually say that it, it, it's, it's an extra pale ale, and it's got a big hoppy flavor that would wash out so much of the other flavors yeah. of the drink. Ah. You would drink and be like, yeah, I'm mostly drinking a hoppy beer. Where's all the other stuff, right? Where's all these other flavors that gotcha. I just spent all this time doing, right? So I actually thought about using Craft Casual for this uh, and yeah. intentionally decided against it once I found out what style of beer it is. So that lighter Mexican lager makes it that kind of summer crushable drink that it is yeah yeah so uh i just wanted to pass this along exactly uh will i want i needed to pass along a note you've gotten some compliments on a clean as being a clean as you go kitchen user yeah i hate it when it stacks up and you know i think if you're using it right now and you have the time to clean it right away why not do it yeah why not i'm not going to show you in the sink right now no that's okay yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I'm very like picky like that. Yeah. So the template that we've done with these first two drinks, just to kind of go back over it, right? We used a half ounce of syrup. It was a spiced syrup, but a half ounce of syrup, a half ounce of a citrus juice, lime in this case, and then two ounces of spirit. In each case, we use two different spirits as a base, right? But two ounces of some spirit and just one milliliter of something else for a little extra flavor, and then a lengthener, right? That framework, you can do infinite variations with. So whatever bottles you have at home, so like I said, you can take whatever you know fresh herbs you wanted, make that syrup with that, right? You have gin at home, great. Two ounces of gin, half ounce of your herbs, half ounce of lime, soda water, or not, off to the races, right? Um, and so that same template that, that we're doing, this is why I wanted to call it creative cocktailing is because you can take this template and just be creative with it, with plug and play any number of different combinations, whatever you have on your shelf at home. Um, you can make you know, a whiskey drink, uh, just as easily as you can make a vodka drink. If someone comes over and say, all right, Hey, make a cocktail. I heard you like cocktails. All right. And you just dust this formula off and plug a few things in and blow their minds and think, wow, that's so amazing. You're like, yeah, it's the same thing. So I think, yeah, I'm going to use this one for that. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, wait till, wait till Kate's out of the room for, for this part. And, and she'll think that it was just yeah. your creativity and it's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. It is. I'm going to say, so I just threw some stuff together, you know? Exactly. Do you find that beer is actually a, a good, uh, a good medium for cocktails? It, the right beer is 
Yeah. So like so, a, a, like a classic Mexican lager is like a good platform, probably. Yeah. So I mean, I picked that because I thought it worked well with the flavors of you know tequila, lime, ginger, you know that kind of a that we were in Mexico, you know, conceptually, right? And and so a lager works well with that. Um, again, if you're doing like a, a bigger whiskey drink made with like a smoky scotch, right? Maybe then you use a porter or a stout even. Oh. Um, so Canon used to have, it's, it's in their cocktail book if you happen to buy it, but like six years ago, seven years ago, they had uh, a drink called the Hooker, which was named for Judge Hooker, not not the Streetwalker. Um, but it, it was the Judge Hooker, but it was the Hooker cocktail and it was a beer cocktail that used, a, I think, a porter. But yeah, I mean, so you can, you can use like a Belgian beer that's got like a big, rich, malty flavor. Um, and that's gonna, you know, do that with like a, a brandy or a cognac. Um, you know, you, you just kind of think, what is the base spirit and beer part that matches up first, and then build from there. But yeah, beers, beers great. They, they realistically, a lot of bars don't do beer cocktails because, frankly, like the cost on them, you're you're spending money on. Like it, they just become more expensive drinks. Sure. So, because you're using beer and all your spirits as well. So, I'm uh, bummed that there's. I, I'm kind of bummed though that I'm. I mean, like you, you, you go to a, you, you get a Michelada or something like that. They'll do that, but there's not enough beer cocktails out there. Yeah. I mean, a Michelada is in. I think kind of the like the the base foundation for a beer cocktail. If you think conceptually, right? You want a little spice. Yeah. You want a little. A uh, little heat to it, little citrus, and then that beer, and it's refreshing, and you can just pound them. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, I like this one. I like this one a lot. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you like it. Um, Not that I didn't it, like the first one. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. I think I prefer yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're we're getting into a summer mode, so you know, it's uh, weather starting to turn. This is, you know. In, in that vein. Um, hey, tell you what, let's give away some more stuff. Have we got... Uh, let's see. Who, who is it going to be? The last two numbers are... 5-5. Five, 5-5. Five. Five, five. Let's see who it is. That is... Megan Jensen. Megan hey. Jensen. Confetti. Yeah. Congratulations. Now, this was not in the kits. This is something now. Will Will has seen this, but Megan is going to get to try a whiskey that Frank, none of us have tried. Megan is going to get to try. This is a scotch that was turn it to that, born in 74. Oh, look at that. So, this scotch was distilled in 1974, bottled in 1979, and has been sitting in a cellar for the last 40-ish years, waiting for this moment. Uh, I opened this bottle yesterday and poured Will's uh, glass right there. So I've got it right neither, here. Neither of us I have, did not get one of these. Jeremiah, no, Jeremiah, you're just coming in your gift bag. <laughs> so literally, I'm, I'm going to pour myself a, a glass right now. Uh, and 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 Will and I are going to get to try this whiskey together for the first time. 
you, you'll have to exp- you have to describe each note that you get from it because yeah, where's, where's was, I'll I'll make the, doing that. the Jeremiah face, right? <laughs> Cheers. I did have to take off the jacket because of the uh, wow. extreme heat here. Yeah, that is smooth like buttermilk biscuits. That is very smooth. Yeah. Yeah, does not make me mad at all. No, makes me uh, the opposite. Right? Well, Megan uh, Jensen is the winner of a shot of that. You will enjoy that one, Megan. And uh, now we will eventually, when we reopen, we'll put this on the menu. Um, and uh, we are going to designate you can that. get one then, Jeremiah. Yeah. Then. For the $15 of a glass, probably, right? For you. What's that? Not $15. What am I talking about? What's that going to go for? Probably uh, three times that. It depends on who's, who's paying yeah. for it. If I'm here, if I show up, it's going to be yeah. $100. Yeah. The Jeremiah book out. Um, yeah. It's $500. No, yeah. I mean it's 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 gonna be probably like thirty two, thirty three bucks an ounce. Okay. Yeah, I mean again, it's from it's older. Will than will I, pay for all of car. Will so, will take me out and you. pay for my get me on yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you there. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, I'll meet you at uh, on the ninth green at nine. Emily, right. thank you so much for reminding me. Um, I forgot to mention the name of the last cocktail. Uh, oh. It's a rookie mistake, and you hate to see it. You hate to uh, see it. Yeah, that that is uh, Bears, Beers, Battlestar Galactica. Because, well, Bears, Beers, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Bears, Beers, and yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Naturally. So uh, yes. thank you for the reminder, Emily. Um, well, as I sip this whiskey, um, you want to do a little more uh, Ask Will Bruin? Oh yeah, we can definitely do more. Ask Will Bruin. Uh, anonymous. Another anonymous question coming in from uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, from Wait. someone. Which is the best group name for school friends? My friends and I want to identify as a cool group or club, like how Taylor Swift fans or Swifties or whatever. Got any cool friend name ideas? <laughs> Absolutely none. Because <laughs> what do you? you know, call- I don't think. What do you what is, so you got the goalkeepers union? What do the forwards call themselves? The keeper union? It's nothing. It's fake. It's forced. Oh. <laughs> Steph, I hope you're watching. Um <laughs> The the three amigos. The, That's the what we're gonna be calling bears. you. Huh? Would you, the Bears? What's that? What's that book? The Berenstein Bears. The Berenstein Bears. I like that. Yeah. Um, no, we're gonna I, be calling. I I have a feeling we're gonna be calling you guys the Three Amigos. You, Freddie, and Raul. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, I like yeah, that too. Spanish, I just came up with it on the spot. That's that's wow. why I get it's the big books. Very creative, creative <laughs> name calling. Class featured by the Dean Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna trade um, that. No, I mean I don't. That's a tough one. I don't have any answers for that one it's right okay. now, to be honest. It's it's quite all right. Yeah. I, I I didn't I, even know Taylor Swift fans were called Swifties. So <laughs> yeah. We want to do another one, or you want to go to the next? Uh... Let's, let's, I mean, we we got a beverage to sip, right? All right. Yeah. Let's, let's go. A little more ask, Will. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. Hold on. Get the question. I gotta go get the computer charger. Oh, well, I'm seeing that would be here. that would uh, be a classic yacht college moment if his computer just straight up died. That's uh, okay. So someone in the chat here, so what's a what's good to mix with Pedialyte? Um, <laughs> good thing I happened to look at the charger. Yeah. Um, so. Pedialyte is going to be so strongly flavored that there's not going to be much that stands up to it that's delicious. So it's just like straight vodka, right? I was going to say, yeah. So vodka is the the obvious answer there. Yeah. Uh, um, Yeah. So if if you want to spike your Pedialyte and try to just maintain, uh, yeah, then then vodka with your Pedialyte. Yeah. All right. Hold on, hold on. We're getting a taste test here. Yep. We're getting a taste test of what? She's she's not a beer drinker, so. Oh. And what does she think of that one? What I gotta know. You don't want to see her face right now. Is that, she's not into it. <laughs> well, it's just because of the beer. It's just because of the beer. Yeah. What what she's is her? You we we need to know what her go to drink is. We asked this yeah, early. They're asking what your drink is. Hagen Dazs. Look at that. Hagen knows. That's her go-to drink. <laughs> I don't know. That's not your she go-to. Come on. She doesn't want to get on on the camera. Well, I, what I can say, so so that does remind me of, so one of my favorite drinks, and I, I'm giving away, I mean, Circle of Trust. I mean, we're talking Circle of Trust right now. One of my Uh-oh. favorite cheat code drinks is you get coconut gelato. All right? You get there's plantation pineapple rum, and you add some sparkling rosé. All right, so you take the you take a scoop of coconut gelato, add the pineapple rum, mix that up, blend it up however you want, top it off with a sparkling rosé. You end up with this phenomenal, crushable uh, pina colada, sparkling pina colada, sparkling rosé pina colada that is just. Lights out. So this is. If you I also like home, that question, what to mix with Pedialyte too, because you know it means he's thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah, but yeah, no. That's uh, feel free to use that one uh, this summer. A little sparkling rosé. I like that. Coconut gelato and uh, pineapple rum. So that is so, that's absolute cheat codes, and is my own little baby that I make at home. So we, we, we got an ask Will Bruin for the doctor. I think this one's this is more of a doctor question. Okay. Uh, but maybe Will wants to chime in. After yes, eating yes, cabbage. Antibiotics. <laughs> after eating no. cabbage, I suddenly felt sleepy and became unconscious. Is this after a sign cabbage. that a tapeworm has entered my body? What are the signs of a tapeworm? I'm just gonna say yes. That's all I'm chiming in on. I concur. And toilet paper underneath. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's not a thing. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think it was either, but it just. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it's not. You ate cabbage, and the cabbage caused you to pass I... out because of your tapeworm. <laughs> I feel like there were some details that got left out of. Yeah. That um. Feel free to to you DM know, you and ask about it. Yeah. Gosh, 
What are the signs of a tapeworm? Uh, do, you, wait, do you get any? Just do a tapeworm story. You must have dealt with some tapeworms. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, I have a great tapeworm story. So, <laughs> all right. So I did some work in uh, Democratic Republic of Congo back in my fourth year of medical school. All right. So we're on the east eastern side. When you hear about like guerrilla warfare and civil war and all that, like it was this area. And there was a guy in the city of Kivu who somehow got his hands on an EKG machine. All right. And when you hook it up on an EKG, right, you see like the different lines and the little blips on the thing, right? He told people, because so many people had worms there, it was just endemic, everyone had it. He told people, oh, see, this, this line is for your brain, this line is for your heart, this line is for your stomach. And each of these little blips, it's, it's a worm. And so I'm going to give you a worm medication, and then you're going to come back, and, and we'll check and see if it got rid of the worms. They would take the worm medication, a bunch of worms in the poo. They'd come back, and he would just not hook up the wires correctly, so it was all flat lines. And he would be like, see, I cured you. No more worms. Um, yeah, uh, then people found out that this was a total scam. And uh, let's just say the story didn't end well for him. But every time someone came in saying they thought they had worms, they would ask if they could get hooked up to the worm machine. And uh, we had to tell them that, no, the worm machine does not exist. We're sorry. But here's some medicine anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's a story from Congo. Uh, and always good to be talking about uh, worms when you're eating and drinking. Well done, whoever asked that question. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect note to go to the next. What, we, what else we got? Do you have more questions, or should we go to the next one? No, we can go to the next one. Okay. So for those of you who did the third kit, we're making an old-fashioned because that is Will's drink. And we're going to make an outstanding old-fashioned right now. So we're going to do this a couple different ways. your big ice cream, (laughs) Start with, we're going to build this one in the glass we're going to drink it out of. All right? So you get a... In industry speak, this is called a bucket or a double old-fashioned glass. So, yep, something big enough to hold some whiskey and some big ice. All right. Now, if you're like Will and you happen to have simple syrup sitting around, put a teaspoon of simple syrup in the bottom of your glass. Uh, Perfect. Now, I see Will bought his simple syrup, and since he was paying attention early in class, he knows. Well, I made it, and I bottled it in here. Perfect. Yes. Excellent. Strong work. Uh, just equal parts sugar and water. Hot water makes it easier to dissolve. That's why we used hot water earlier. Um, so I'm going to put half a teaspoon of sugar in my glass. And I'm going to add half a teaspoon of water. And I just made myself a teaspoon of simple syrup. Not rocket surgery. Now we're going to add some bitters. We're using bittered sling. Uh, these are Kensington Dry Aromatic Bitters. Bittered sling is based out of Vancouver. Husband and wife couple, amazing couple of uh, people. Lauren Moat and uh, Jonathan Chavanchek. He's an amazing chef. She's an amazing bartender and cocktail wizard. And they combined their powers and made an amazing line of bitters. I have no stake. I have no horse in that race. They just make amazing stuff. 
Uh, and so this is a, a really aromatic bitters. We're going to just add a couple of dashes of that. Or if you have your tiny little bottle at home, just add your tiny little bottle. If you use simple syrup, you don't have to muddle, muddle, muddle. If you didn't use simple syrup like me and you have just your glass, give it a give it a smush. Smush, smush, smush. And we're not going to be too pretentious and worry about every last little grain of sugar dissolving, but most of them. Nicely smushed. All right. Now, as Will just did, very astute. Give it a sniff. Okay. All right. A lot of flavors in there. It's a very compact thing. We're going to space that out with the booze. Now, what you're going to do and what I'm going to, from a learning standpoint, is take that bottle of whiskey that you have. We're using an old Forrester bottled in bond and pour off about half ounce into some other glass. You don't have to be exact about it, but about half ounce. And set that aside. And now you've got an ounce and a half of whiskey left behind. All right. So you got about an ounce and a half of whiskey on one side. You got your glass with your sugar, water, bitters. All right. I'm going to take my giant ice cube, my stabby device. Stab off a piece of ice that fits in the glass. If we don't have a stabby uh, implement and a big, huge piece of ice, I'm assuming regular ice. ice will work. Yeah, so the bigger I, the ice you have, the better, because you don't want a ton of dilution, right? You want chilling and a tiny bit of dilution. The big ice is your friend. So for those of us without commercial ice makers, what would you suggest? Um, so there's a few different approaches. I mean, you can't just, the first time I ever saw an ice like sphere shaved at a bar, I went home and immediately put like a Tupperware in the freezer and then I broke it on the back porch trying to, trying to make a sphere out of it. Um, right. You can buy, there's a lot of different, you know, ice cube trays now that are, that will make, I mean, you can find them on Amazon, whatever, uh, that, you know, inch and a half, two inch ice cube tray. Um, you can find those pretty easily. If you want to make really clear ice, then what you need is directional freezing. Now our super fancy ice machine makes these crystal clear giant blocks of ice that you can see through and read paper through 12 inches of ice. Um, but what you can do at home is if you have any sort of a insulating thing, so save some styrofoam from a packing thing, whatever, but put some styrofoam or some sort of insulation around that ice tray. And what that'll do is it means that the unexposed, uh, the uninsulated top part freezes first and it freezes layer by layer. And that'll push all the gas out of it and you end up with clear ice. Again, there's commercially available things that'll do this for you if you want to pay money for it. But that's the home version is to put ice in a cooler. If you have a giant, like say you have a chest freezer, mm -hmm. you can take like an igloo cooler and set that inside, leave the top off and put your ice cube trays in there. Different ways to do really clear ice. But yeah, I mean, just you can find did, big ice cube trays on, online. I did. I myself bought some uh, 
ice tray cues, ice trays, yeah. like uh, silicone ice trays recently. And yeah, I've got the same. Those yeah. are pretty fancy. Yeah. So the advantage to that is you're changing your volume of cooling ability to the amount of surface area, right? So you have less surface area that's going to just melt your ice and you're going to cool the stuff down, right? And so in this case, you, you get a big cube in there, you're gonna cool down your drinking in a nice cold old fashioned, but without a ton of extra dilution. You'd want, again, a little bit of dilution, but not a ton. So I've got big ass cube, Sugar, water, bitters, sitting in the bottom of my glass. Just gonna add my whiskey. I happen to know that there's an ounce and a half left in this bottle, so I'm just gonna go bottoms up. Take some sort of a stirring device and give this it a, where this give comes it a little handy. stir. Oh, nice. And give that a little stir. What's the, what's the whiskey we're drinking? Old Forester? Yeah, Old Forester. Yeah, so this is Old Forester. It's bottled in bond. Now, what that That's means, I, I recommend in general, and you can use any whiskey for an old-fashioned. You can make a rum old-fashioned. You can make a mezcal old-fashioned. You can make any sort of old-fashioned you want. This The same thing, just big thing. But if you say old-fashioned without specifying, you're meaning whiskey. Most bars will ask bourbon or rye. Um, bourbon tends to be a little sweeter, 51% corn or more, rye, 51% rye or more. Um, not quite as sweet as the, as the bourbon, a uh, little more herbally, grassy notes. Bottled in bond, which is what this is, means that it was aged for at least four years. So bourbon, by definition, new American oak, aged for at least two years. Bottled in bond means aged for at least four years and bottled at 100 proof. So a lot of your whiskeys that you buy off the shelf are 40 proof, or sorry, 80 proof, 40% alcohol. This is 50% alcohol. And the reason I like to make an old fashioned and I recommend bottled and bond stuff for old fashions is you're adding that bit of dilution, right? So you're adding a little bit of that sugar, water bitters, you're getting some dilution with the ice. So you still have a drink that feels whiskey-ish, right? You don't end up with a drink that feels like water. If you use something that starts out at 50%, you're bringing it down to maybe 40, 42%. And so I've it's still- i definitely had that problem through trial and error. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I absolutely love, if you get like a cask strength, and again, whatever, like I have a, I've developed a taste for drinking things that are like 53, 63%, whatever. But I love taking those and making an old fashioned with them because it'll bring that down to a sippable level without just water. Now, the reason I had you pour off that little bit of whiskey first is because I want you to try side by side. Okay. So a lot of people are like, it's an old fashioned. Like what's now, Will, I know you know this because you drink old fashions, but this is, this is for the people, right? Jeremiah. People. Yeah. For Jeremiah and, and, and los estudiantes. So See? you have People are like, it's an old fashioned. It's such an easy, simple thing. I totally forgot to mention, by the way, if you have an orange twist, throw an orange twist on there. In fact, we're going to do that right now. I got carried away talking about other things. Again, I didn't yes, include the orange twist. I know. Well, I didn't include oranges in the whole thing, so whatever. 
Um, what if I use the lime? Can we use the lime? You can got? use the lime. I prefer oranges with bourbon, uh, lemons with rye. I'm not crazy about limes with old fashioned. It's just doesn't well, like the flavor isn't there for me. But if you if you want to, that's I'm going to do it because that's what you gave us. So I, hey, I think what? the people you know are going to want to know. Do Wait, it. So like, what do you think about this? I have bitters that have like an orange. They're like orange bitters essentially. Do you do you like that or do you not like that? I love it. I love it. In fact, uh, what, so orange bitters. Uh, which which one do you have? Do you know off the top of your head? <sighs> Oh yeah, Emily's holding up some Bee Brothers, which is excellent. So she's in the backstage, so y'all can see it. Scrappy bitters. Yep. Uh, is that Scrappies? Yeah, Scrappies. 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 Makes green orange bitters. Yep. Absolutely. So orange bitters, fantastic in a martini. Fantastic in old fashioned. Absolutely. So adds that little bit of orange. If you don't have a twist on hand, use an orange bitters. You could use, say, a dash of orange bitters and a dash of like Angostura, you can combine bitters. Again, super versatile, no rules in terms of what bitters you use. Um, Angostura being kind of the top, most classic one, but again, I use a different one because I know their origins and kind of what they're doing with farmers up in Canada that are pretty fantastical. So now take that whiskey and people are like, oh, it's an old fashioned. It's such a, you're barely doing anything to it. What am I really doing with that? And compare the difference of tasting just the whiskey and then what happens with the old fashioned? I mean, they're very different. Oh. Yeah, totally smoother. Different. Very different. Yeah, it it smooths it out. It adds other flavor elements. Big time. Yeah, it's a thing that you can sit back and sip. Whereas that whiskey, maybe you're not in the mood to just drink a straight whiskey. Right, but yeah. you still get all of Does that, that robust complexity. Well, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So, an absolutely delicious, and and again, it's one of those things that because you're using such small amounts of other things to add to it, it's so easy to screw up, right? I mean, this is it's one of those things that you add too much sugar, and you're like, great, thanks for the whiskey syrup. Yeah. Right. Too much bitters, and you're like, well, where was my whiskey? Right, you pick the wrong whiskey, and like Will said, trial and error, you end up with. I've definitely gone through that, or I've had like an old fashioned be like almost three fourths of the cup because I keep adding more <laughs> to try to balance it out because I'm too stubborn just yeah. to like measure it. Yeah. Do you have a like a, a go to whiskey that you use for your old fashions? If you're no, um, I mean I really like Woodford, but yeah. I like Basil Hayden's as well. Yeah. But I'm open. I'm in the mode right now. If I could just trying as many as I can. Totally. Yeah. Test them yeah. out. Yeah. That is um, be between just trying the whiskeys and then trying them as an old fashioned and seeing, cause there's some whiskeys that I really like to drink, but I'm not crazy about them as an old fashioned because they, they yeah. don't end up, they don't have enough kind of backbone to it as it were. Um, but yeah, like those ones you mentioned, like Basil Hayden's makes a, a really nice one. Yeah. Woodford strong work. Yeah. I really like, um, I mean, I don't have any like stake in any of these companies, but um, like Makers, the Makers 46. Yeah, yeah uh, that's a good one too. Or like the cast strength. I mean, again, those hold up really nicely to an old fashioned. Again, I picked this one. I really do like the bottled and bond. When in when in doubt, pick a bottled and bond. Um, if you're, okay, if, you're if you're at the whiskey aisle and you're like, now I get friends will send me pictures of a booze selection and be like, which one do I get? 
Um, when in doubt, if you're between two things, get a bottle of bond because you know it's aged at least that long. It's bottled at that hundred proof. It meets certain standards that you're going, you know what you're getting yeah. for your money. That's good to know. That's a good little because I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Little, little, little pro tip. So uh, is, I like that. Is an old fashioned? Does it need to be bourbon or is it any whiskey? So it can be anything. I mean, a rum old fashioned is delicious. I I love a mezcal. Oh, you said this. Yeah, yes. mezcal old fashioned, cognac or maniac old fashioned. You can do anything. But any, but it doesn't have to be like as a a. So okay, here's another one for you. While we're on the subject, yeah. What makes it a bourbon versus a whiskey versus a scotch versus? I guess those are the three main things, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So whiskey, big category. Pretty much, you can take any grain, ferment that grain. Make, you make a hot grain tea, basically. You ferment that hot grain tea and then distill that product, and that's whiskey in its most basic, basic form, right? Mm -hmm. Certain categories have rules to call it XYZ, right? So if it's going to be rye, it has to be you know at least half rye, and then a lot of times it's corn, maybe a hint of barley. Um Again, if it's bourbon, it's got to be at least 51% corn, aged for at least two years in new American oak, so not a reused barrel. It's got to be a brand new barrel. And a lot of these old bourbon barrels then get shipped off to Scotland for scotch aging. All right. Um, and again, the climate of aging makes a big difference uh, in terms of when you talk about barrel aging. People talk about like they... I'll try to speak nicely about people who blow smoke up each other's asses about how many years are on the bottle. But if you think about what happens in the, the climate in Kentucky versus the Scottish Highlands, right? You get these hot summers in Kentucky where those molecules are going in and out of that barrel like this, right? 30 years of aging in Kentucky, all you're going to taste is licking a fucking stave. <laughs> Right, like you might as well be like, "Oh, cool! It tastes like a barrel. So what? Delicious." Right? But they're like, "Oh, but it's thirty-year bourbon. Like, <laughs> ew, terrible, gross. Thank God." Can you taste uh, the wood in the barrel? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I'm getting really notes of oak and more uh, fucking oak. oak. <laughs> um, I only taste oak in like the Scottish Highlands, where it's you know sixty degrees in the summer, and those molecules are doing this. Right, they're barely going in and out of that wood, barely picking up those flavors. So you really need to think about, and this is true. You think about rum. A lot of rum is aged actually in Europe, and then there's some rums that are aged in the tropics. Tropical aging for a couple of years. Now they're going to lose. It's terribly inefficient. Massive amounts gets evaporated off. It's not a good business model from that standpoint. So you often end up paying more for them. But the same thing happens, right? If you think about bourbon, you're aging in Kentucky then you end up with a much higher angel share, much higher evaporation. But again, those molecules are moving in and out. So the sweet spot for bourbon is often 8 to 12, maybe 15 years. And you get way barely when you get farther on in it. So single malt is when you see single malt or single grain, the single means a single distillation. Okay. And so malt means it was malted barley. Grain means, again, grain. So you might see a single grain or a single malt. Um, there's a category that Westland Distillery, a local local group, uh, yeah. they yeah. are, and they make 
pound for pound, they're outstanding. Uh, they make fantastic stuff, and it's a category American single malt. Is they're creating this category because Scottish single malt, everyone kind of knows Scottish single malt, Scotch, but most Scotch is blended. It's a blend of different distilleries, uh, and you have blended blended malts and just blended Scotch. Maybe it's all barley, maybe it's not. So American single malt, one distillery in America from malted barley, right? So that Westland is kind of championing this. Um, you, know, you have Copperworks doing doing great work as well. You have, you have yeah, that's really cool doing this. Um, and so that's when you see those words, that's what that means. But whiskey is a giant category. Um, right. And again, bourbon, there are other rules in terms of distill it to this proof, bottle it this proof, X, Y, Z, walk, and I, we don't need to worry about all that. Um, but, you know, so um, let's give away some one last thing. Speaking of whiskey, I mean, all this whiskey talk. This is a bottle of Maker's Mark. Each year for the last couple of years, they've started doing limited releases. Uh, this is the 2020 limited release uh, with a very specific uh, barrel stave. They, they took a barrel that had a mix of virgin, so unused toasted American, and then French oak. So a couple of different sources of the oak that actually formed the barrel that this was aged in. This is bottled at 110.8 proof. Proof, by the way, is just double your alcohol percentage. So 55.4% alcohol. So this is, you know, uh, feel free to add a few drops of water, put this over ice, or just drink it if you're you're into that sort of thing. But uh, with Washington state taxes and all this, we're talking a $100 bottle of whiskey. Uh, so let's give that away to somebody. Look at this coordination. I love that we thought this out. I love it. <laughs> good good job, Matt. Three one. Three one. Uh, someone at home is looking at theirs and they're very stoked right now. And that person is Marshall Helm. Marshall Helm, you were gonna be some old fashioned, my friend. Or just drink a whole bunch of whiskey. But game on. You got some really yeah. nice coming your way. So Will, we got a question from Katrina. She wants to know have okay. you ever have you ever gone to Steph's house to drink his whiskey or has he seen his collection because apparently Steph is like a notable whiskey yeah. guy I have not been to his new residence over in Bainbridge but uh, his old one yes he's got a nice collection he's got some good stuff in there yeah. very, you, know, very sophisticated. you know what he doesn't have huh? well huh that's weird I'm going to well, hold on to this bad know, boy Steph doesn't have Nineteen seventy four Glenn Grant. I guarantee huh. he does not have this. So, I might have to show <laughs> this off to him tomorrow. Yeah. yeah we're just gonna leave <laughs> that in the chat just as a reminder. Say, oh, you got all that? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Look here. Look here. Who are yeah. the other whiskey guys on the team, Will? So um Gustav was a big one, obviously. Mm. Not anymore. Um, Here. Yeah. I haven't really gotten to see if the new if some of the new guys are yet, but pretty much Steph is is Steph's probably the guy. like 
yeah. the whiskey master. Yeah. And then he's like top and then there's all of his teachers, assistants and deans and yeah. everything underneath. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm guessing that the, you don't have a lot of new guys that I'm no. guessing are because they're either very young or they're telling yeah. who is clearly yeah. a wine guy. Obviously a right. Exactly. And Spencer, I yeah, don't know. I'm not maybe, sure if he's, maybe he might be. I'm not sure yet. But uh, Freddie, I doesn't strike me as a as a whiskey guy. No, me either. Coffee guy. Coffee guy. So usually that's what you figure out in preseasons. Right. Yeah. So probably Shane might be. Shane might be a good one. Oh, I'm curious. When when y'all travel, are, are there? And and if if you can't answer, I, I that, that's totally fine. But I'm just curious: are there like team directed rules around like drinking and like yeah, obviously like hotel, like whatever? Is it just like hey, after nothing? The- yeah, nothing yeah, before nothing, the game. Like before obviously. game, I mean, like after. No. Like, are there any like? Don't be stupid. Essentially, okay. <laughs> yeah, essentially, like guys are going to go out get meals and stuff and yeah. have a beer, a drink, or something, but just. Yeah. Don't be dumb about it. Yeah. It's pretty much the only thing. It's like unwritten rule until somebody's dumb about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Pretty- so this, this is a question that came from the uh, from the chat. And they want to know what you think of the Bainbridge distillery. I happen I'll, – I'll, I'll volunteer this. David Eaton was asking. But I went there thinking it was kind of a tourist trap type place. I thought it was pretty good. But what do you think of it? The Bainbridge one? Yeah, or either of you, yeah. Have either yeah, of you I been to the Bainbridge place? Uh, I haven't. Um, so, so my... Oh. <laughs> I haven't... Well, here's the thing. I haven't had their latest releases. Okay. Um, so the, the stuff... The last time that I had their stuff, it tasted like... It was going to be really good, but it was okay. still good. Oh. Um, which which is unfortunately true for a lot of places, right? I mean, you, you're making stuff. You got to keep the lights on, right? You start. Yeah. got to you put in bottles. You got to age it for at least enough that it. And so they were doing a lot of smaller barrel stuff initially, if I remember right. Um, but it, it just, the last time I had it, and again, this is a while ago now, but it tasted like it just needed another year or two in the barrel to really bring out the flavors that it had because there's a lot of and i have worked alongside i'm i'm this is recorded for posterity so i'm going to be careful what i I say but i i have experience in distilling firsthand Mm. and the the stuff that comes off there are a lot of volatile compounds that literally they just have to take time to either evaporate off the molecules interact with each other and create new molecules. And so these flavors, you can taste, if you get used to tasting things, you can taste when a whiskey's young. And Fair enough. Just a couple of years ago, I was like, man, this this has good bones. Like it, this could grow up to be something really good, but it was still young. So I, I haven't tasted their latest releases. Um, and so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I can't speak to it specifically, if that's- All right. Yeah. All right, well, well we're, we're gonna get wrapping up here. It's it's gone a little longer than we had expected. And I appreciate you being such a trooper. 
this was super educational for me. I, I actually found it super. Oh, it, was, it was great. Yeah, I loved it. What was your favorite drink? Probably the second one. Okay, I I think that was for sure the, the old fashioned's really good, but I'm like I'm used to that one. Yeah, uh, the second one is definitely one I will. That's in my again. rotation. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. The second one was an automatic. What was it? It was Bears Battlestar Galactica and Bears Beers Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. Bears Beers and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah. Well, Matt, this was great. Uh, yeah, I, thank you I for had doing a blast. This. Um, just, I would like to plug the direct donation link. Um, the there that is still available for direct donations. It's a really great cause. I know the doctor. Um, man, I can't tell you how my original training was in family medicine before I started focusing just on adults in hospitals and autism and the challenges that the patients and the families deal with. And they're doing great work at the the center up there. And so just, you know, if you got, if you got a couple of spare ducats and I, we didn't publicize it, uh, but we had said that half of your proceeds uh, for those of you who purchased the kits were going to the, the center we are actually, as a bar, donating our half of the proceeds. So all those of you who bought the kits, literally 100% of those dollars are going to uh, the Autism Center. So um, that's something that is going to happen because it's, awesome. it, it's a great cause. And so if you got, you know, we're, we're happy to donate some some old booze and some amazing tequilas, sippable tequilas and, and all of that to you. Uh, so... Happy to put them in y'all's faces and you know, hit that hit that hit that button because we're yeah. we're doing. Well, you know what? While you mention it, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. We got three donations during the show, totaling two hundred and fifty dollars. So I, I want to shout those people out. Crystal Mil That's Miller awesome. uh, donated. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this name, but I apologize. Uh, Manusher Sadri. I hope I, <laughs> I, I I hope I got it. And Levi Jones, which Saderai, I think Saderai. Do you know this person? I think I've seen it somewhere before. Saderai, and then what was the third one? Levi Jones, which is too easy. I'm guessing is maybe maybe an alias, or else it's an awesome name. One of the two. Jeremiah, it's an awesome name. Jeremiah, send me the names of those three people. Those three people. Hopefully, you're watching. When we do reopen, I'm going to buy you a drink. Okay. Thank you so much for donating during the live thing. And so, drinks on me. Jeremiah, when the doctor's office opens, I got you one too. Oh, there you go. That's what I. That's what I did this whole thing for. Okay. I'll get him a PBR. Just kidding. Run you. This this was awesome, Will. I really appreciate you doing this. I really appreciate even though even though she was camera shy, I appreciate Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Creating well, an environment where she would, where you could do this for yeah. almost two hours. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, she uh, uh, she had to do a lot of work with the kids tonight. So yeah. let me get on here. So it's she enjoyed her Hagen Yeah, so. I hope she did. She deserved it. Yeah, uh, I know she probably ate it all without me. <laughs> Well, Matt. that's all right because you, you have training tomorrow. And so, by the way, yeah, if, so you know, alcohol's better than Hagen yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> if you need a doctor's note, yeah, uh, oh, I can write you one. Just be like, uh, yes. you know, please excuse Will Bruin from training Saturday the twentieth. Yes, he'll be Say back his, in full force. His yeah. hamstring is a little 
little tight. Little, little tight. Yeah, yeah I, I saw him in personal so and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, just one day tight. Just yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, maybe he's good by four p.m. Right. Yeah, I mean, he could, he could even be good for a nap after training. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's a good note. That's a good note to end on. Uh, I am Jeremiah O'Shan signing off as your dean of Yacht College for uh, Matt Pe- for uh, the doctor's office and Will Bruin. This was, of course, another episode of Yacht College, and hopefully, we will soon no longer have to yacht alone. Good night. Good night. Shout out to. Emily Cummings, James Morgan in the background for yeah. making everything work on the broadcast. Thanks, y'all. So, you guys, all the technicals behind it.